Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. Okay, so is this a blip or have the wheels come off? You lot are going to tell us on tonight's Charlton Live. Live. Right, so good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio, coming at you live from the Valley. My name is Louis Mendes. Joining me. In the studio this evening, as we're going to look back at yesterday's one-all draw with Berry, is Mr. Tom Wayne. How you doing, Tom? All right. Yeah. Yeah. Little, yeah. A little bit more worried, but uh, more, yeah. yeah, still all right. Are you Are you in the blip or wheels coming off camp? Blip. Blip. Just. Blip. Just. Just a blip. Yeah. It's a blippy ling. Do <laughs> 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 you see the round? I don't know. <laughs> so on tonight's show, like I say, we're going to look back at yesterday's uh, one-all draw here at the Valley with the Shakers. We're going to hear exclusively from Charlton manager Carl Robertson. We also want to hear from you guys. That's the big question tonight. Is it a blip? Have the wheels come off? We want to know what you made of the game, what you've made of the season so far. 
Uh, you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive about the game. Also, our player in focus tonight is going to be Mr. Tariq Fossu. I uh, want to know what you've made of his performances so far this season. Uh, uh, this season. Also, this evening we're going to talk about the card statement released from Friday. Uh, we're going to play our Wish We Were There from uh, Thursday night, which we forgot to play. Uh, but it's some good memories. We're going to hear from that. And hopefully in the second half of the show, uh, before we preview Tuesday's game with Walsall, we're going to hear from women's teams player Chloe Brunton-Wild. Uh, although that totally depends on whether she can get out of blue water and uh, the signal on the, the signal on her phone in blue water was dreadful she's hopefully going to be home by then so we're going to try and call her and do it live but we'll we'll, uh, we'll find out uh, later on in the evening but um, like I say there's no highlights uh, unfortunately the recording failed uh, so we won't get to hear the uh, the goals from yesterday's game but you saw them with your own face Tom what did you make of the performance yesterday it's a very difficult one um, I thought we started far too slowly um Again, a team coming to the Valley has pressed us fairly high and managed to get themselves in front, albeit with a pretty classy goal. Uh, I think we improved. We started to show glimpses of what we could do and what we did in in August, Um, got ourselves back level. And then we kind of laboured away in that second half. I thought we were the better team most of the second half, but just couldn't find a way through, uh, frustratingly. And... Yeah, we're only able to get a point. Um, I think overall, well, clearly we just weren't good enough. Um, and we, as I say, I'm still in the blip camp, but it just things just seem to have, have slowed down a little bit. I know Ricky wasn't there, but I think we can lay all the blame at his door because I think actually Hearn Grant came in and did pretty well. But yeah, we're just not quite clicking like we were for the first month. Can you put your finger on why that is, do you reckon? I don't know. As I say... I teams coming to the valley seem to have worked out how to play against our style which is to press us high and obviously as we saw with Berry and we saw with South End they're not going to be able to do it for a full game um and then it's whether when they have to slack off like with South End we had 20 minutes in that second half where I thought we were at some of our best football um and we got those two quick goals and uh, yesterday we kind of we did improve and we grew slowly into the game but we just we weren't moving the ball as quickly. The runners weren't offering themselves as much. And we get even Fosu and Ahern Grant, who I both think had okay games, apart from kind of lacked finishing. But they're getting up to the edge of the area. And then we seem to be lacking any movement then. Um, and and that's that's the worry. Uh, my, my concern is that I'm not sure what we need to do to change that. Uh, hopefully Carl does, but... So it's been three three defeats in a row. Uh, sorry, three three games without a win, and it's I don't know. It's just a bit worrying. Mm. Uh, I thought Berry started the game pretty well. They could have could have mm. gone one nil up after just five minutes when Greg Lee's cross was uh, found his way to a former Charlton player Michael Smith. It was a good block by De Silva. Uh, were you surprised by how well it's like? Considering obviously now Berry are a team that in the summer they've made I think t- literally twenty signings. Or something, an incredible amount of signings in the summer. But they've started dreadfully. They'd only won once uh, this season. And that was on the opening day at home to Warsaw. And since then, they, they, they hadn't won a game. They come off the back of a 4-0 sort of I mean, ca- uh, check a trade uh, game against uh, against Rochdale where they lost. Mm. Obviously, I think they've made 11 changes from that anyway. But were you, were you surprised by how well they started? Uh, y- yes and no. Uh, I was surprised at the quality they had. As I say, I expect a lot of teams to come here and try and press us high in that first 15 minutes or so. Because I think, well, two things. One, it's going to stop us attacking and going ahead. And two, their manager's probably going to say to them, based on so far this season, look, if you get yourselves in front, this team haven't really proven that they can come back from that. So 
I understand why they're so qu- quick out of the blocks. Um, some of the quality I was a bit more surprised about because, as you say, they're, they're down at, near the bottom um, for a reason. You know, we're two months into the season now. It's not just a case of two or three games. You know, they've played a significant amount of games and they're still there. And that's that's really what concerns me a lot. We we go to Oldham, who are bottom of the league, and OK, we win, but it's a, a crazy game. We play um, Gillingham, who are down there without a win, and they managed to beat us. And now we've come up against uh, Berry and, and managed to to get a draw, and that's it. And, you know, it, it what worries me is uh, those are the sort of games you need to win. And if you're going to, you know, push for the title, push for the top six, whatever our expectations are, you need to just be putting away those teams at the bottom. And they're the ones that we seem to be struggling with at the moment. Um we did have our own chance before they took the lead when uh, Forster Kasky headed just wide from a Fosse cross. I mean, it might have come off the defender or took a nick because mm. we, we were given a corner. But then they yeah. did take the lead not long after. It might have even been from that corner because they, they broke away yeah, with I Josh it Lawrent. Was. Um, it, it was a, a lightning counter by him. We gave it out to Beckford. Still had it all to do and sort of cut inside on his right foot from 20, 25 yards. Curled it past uh, Ben Amos. It was an excellent finish. I mean, it, when you're looking at that, is there, any, is there anything Charlton could have done differently to try and try and stop that one? I don't think there is no when you watch it I think in some of the build up so uh, you know I'm not one of the people who's being too critical of Chris Solly but that that number is growing by the week at the moment but if you look at the replay he is out of position presumably because we've pushed up for that corner and he's come into the centre circle to be that covering defender which he tends to do so Bauer is pushed out to right back um but Beckford's a, a class player at this level and you see he shifts the ball onto his right foot. He's got two players coming at him, but he hits it so quick. It's something you see Harry Kane do in, in the Premier League. Hits it so quickly that he just doesn't give anyone a chance. And Amos was at full stretch, but it was right in the corner. So once, he, once he'd once he got that shot away, there was nothing we could do. But it was disappointing that we weren't able to close him down a bit quicker. But as I say, that might be a result of the fact that we've we've had that attacking corner. But... Again, it's down that that flank that we've been exposed, which is why I guess why Solly's coming in for so much criticism over the last few games. Yeah, I mean, because people were look just looking at the guy it was Bauer who was sort of standing off him. But I say if players are out of position, that might make you more hesitant to go and dive into a block when there's the players you mm. know going to come around the other side and you don't really know about that. Now, after the goal, I mean, it seemed we, it just seemed to take forever for Charlton to react and to to get their, their passing movement going I mean Carl admitted after the game in the first half we, we certainly weren't at our best and that yeah. seemed quite obvious really to me yeah I agree and there were patches where obviously I sit up the the opposite end to where we were attacking in that first half and from the perspective of the game where I could see it it looked like we were getting to I don't know 25 yards out and we were passing it and passing it and passing it and passing it and no one was taking a shot no one was looking for a forward pass or something more attacking it was just it was like we were trying to play like Arsenal and you know 10 years ago just passing it a hundred times before we could just knock it into the net from the edge of the six yard box and as good as we can be on our day we don't need to be that team you know we've got the likes of Fosu and Clark and even Kashi and Forster Kasky we've seen can strike it from distance so I was disappointed that we just didn't try and test them more because you know we've gone one nil down but the reality is they are down the bottom for a reason and we just yeah, we just didn't seem to find our rhythm and just just didn't look ourselves really at the, the rest of that first half. I mean, why do you think that was that we couldn't break them down? I mean, obviously we are, we were missing Ricky Holmes, but the likes of Fosu and and other players have been involved in attacking play for mm. so far this season. I thought Clark was you know was dropping deep again as he always does to to pick up the ball and try to keep things moving, but it, it just it just wasn't happening. Do you think it's because they were pressing high and maybe I don't know and 
after the goal, I saw that they sat a little bit deeper and try and cover all those those gaps. But we've got the quality in here to find a way through that. And I think, you know, if you start, let's say, I don't know, Cag or, or Fosu cut in and have a couple of longer range shots that go close and you start to worry that defence or you move the ball a bit quicker and make the defence move from side to side. But the as I say, the build-up was so slow and they were just passing from side to side and back to Kashi and across to Solly and then back again to Forstakaski and over to the other side and we weren't moving it fast enough and if you do move it fast those defenders eventually get stretched and that's where Josh has half a yard of space in the middle or Clark can make a run in as you say from deeper and, and pick the ball up and have a shot so it's down to obviously Berry defended fairly well but it's down to us to break him down and we've got to be quicker at doing that and you know in the game's Okay, Northampton, their defence was just a bit more stretched anyway, but we played a part in that, and we're just not really doing that at the moment. Our build-up just seems a bit a bit laboured. Well, one of the times we um, did sort of get in behind, one of the few times in that first half, was when the long ball was played over the top for Ahern Grant. Now, the flag's, mm. flag stayed down, the, the, the goalkeeper Murphy starts coming out, and, he, and he's lobbed it over him, but it's gone quite far over the bar. I mean, uh, did you think he could have done a bit better with that one? It's a... It's a... I don't know because I've never tried it, but I imagine it's quite a difficult skill to be moving at that sort of pace and to keep your control on that ball when you've got some six foot whatever keeper hairing down at you as well. There's a lot going on. Um, I know that you see it sometimes and when it goes in, it looks really classy and and easy to do, but I imagine that that's not the case. Um, Obviously, there was another couple of options, whether he chooses to take it round him or, or as you say, whether he does manage to steer that into the net, but... It was a difficult chance. Um, I would have loved him to score it just for him, really. And I said it on Thursday show. I'd love him to get a goal because uh, I thought he actually played okay yesterday. Um, and I think he started the season pretty well. But I just want to see more goals from him. And I think a few weeks ago we were discussing the fact that he's still much younger than I realised. But yeah, I think that was one of the ways that we, we did manage to break him down and get over the top of them. And we tried that a couple of times and started to put crosses in a bit later on. But um yeah, I, we just, as I say, laboured is the word I used earlier, and I'll come back to that. We just seemed a bit a bit slow. Mm. Yeah, uh, McGuinness had a shot from the edge of the box that the keeper was down well to save, then down the other end, Maguire uh, had, a, had a go, really, from a very similar position yeah. to, where, to where Beckford scored, but Amos was a bit lower this time. Amos was able to get down to it, uh, trying to eventually scramble the, the resulting corner away. And then when the goal did come, it was our first real moment of quality in that first half, and Forster Kasky's got it on that left-hand side. Now, when you look, look, look at that back, I'm sure Lee Clark will be disappointed with how slow they were to mm. close down the cross, because Forster Kasky had all the time he wanted to control the ball and uh, send in a, an inch-perfect one to McGuinness. But McGuinness still had it all to do. There was a defender on either side of him, and he had to rise, you know, win his battle and then rise and, and nod it into the bottom corner. So it was a really good... Uh, sort of goal from from a child's uh, perspective. Yeah, it was a brilliant finish, and you're right. The uh, saying that Lee Clark will be disappointed kind of proves my point because Fosu wasn't the only one who had a lot of time in that build-up. Yes, it was very patient, and we we did try and stretch them from side to side, but we were still moving the ball very slowly. And in the end, rather than doing that again, Fosu uh, Kasky, sorry, saw saw his chance and got the cross in. It was a brilliant cross, like pinpoint. And as you say, McGuinness did still have a lot to do, but got between those two defenders and headed it back the way it came and the keeper had no chance really um, to stop it and yeah I think it on the balance of play we probably deserved it but it was that one moment of quality and we needed more of that and we we just didn't really see it again after the goal we just kind of stepped back into that that slow passing game that, that just wasn't working and whether that was just Ricky not being there I think personally I think that's a bit of a easy excuse because we can't be relying on one player anyway but that 
there was definitely a lack of cutting edge in that final third. Mm, I've just sorted out actually. I want to know uh, what you guys made of, of Carlin's performance yesterday because I think he was he was getting sort of mixed reviews on Twitter really. So I want to know you know he got his chance in the first team yesterday. Uh, he hasn't had as many starts this season as perhaps he might have hoped. Although obviously it's because we had started reasonably well. So mm. let us know uh, if you felt he, he, he took his chance yesterday. I mean, there, there was possibly a slight head of steam building up as we approached that halftime whistle. It was Carlin, in fact, who um, who had the uh, who had an effort that, that deflected wide. And but then at the start of the second half, I don't know. Did, did you think we came out slightly stronger, or was it more of the same? I we saw an effort from Fosu that was off target, and then Fosu Kaski both had long, sort of long ranges off target in the opening five minutes of the second period. I thought overall in the second half, I thought we were the better team. Um, I don't know the the long ranges; uh, they didn't really harm the keeper at all. It's something I would have liked to have seen more in that first half, where we were struggling to break them down. So at least we were trying something different. But as I say, didn't really worry the keeper. But yeah, we we definitely grew into the game. Um, I think you're right. I think half time came at the wrong time because we were starting to build that momentum, and that kind of killed it a little bit. But we did. We carried on in the second half. You know, it wasn't like we blew them away and we dominated them. I think we were the better team, but you know, there wasn't a huge amount in it. But yeah, we we tried. We we started to to create a few more chances. We just couldn't either hit the target or find the back of the net. Hmm. Uh, what did you make of the substitute? We had a, well, just before that, we had uh, a sort of a, a chance almost gifted to us, and just just beyond the mm. hour mark, where Murphy sort of kicked it out and he got caught in two minds, kicked it out straight to McGuinness. Now Josh could have, could have shot, decided to go to Fosu. Uh, you'll hear from McGuinness in, in the newspapers and stuff tomorrow, but I think he sort of implied that he felt that Fosu thought he was offside, which is why he's slightly slow to react. I mean, do you think Josh could have done that differently? Was there too much on the ball? Was Fosu too slow to react to McGuinness's ball? I think a bit of all of them um I think when yeah obviously when he looks back he's going to wish he, he did something different but yeah it to me it looked like Fosu I completely agree with Josh it looked like he just took a step back and you know wasn't sure if he was onside or not and that was enough time for them to recover um but yeah again it was a, a sign that we were starting to create more chances and as a home fan, you know how the the North Stand gets in second half when we were attacking it. It felt like a goal was was maybe going to come, but but it didn't. And it's just yeah, so disappointing again to to come away from another game where I fully thought we would win and and only get a point. Hmm. I noticed there's a a tweet from Chris Greenway. He said yesterday's one of draw was not unexpected. There's plenty of tweets coming in. Uh, at Charlton Live, you can email studio at charltonlive.co.uk uh, or you can go onto the Charlton Live forum. There's a thread on there as well if you want to have your say on yesterday's game. We're going to come on to the correspondence in a little while. Uh, now, on 64 or so, Carlin is substituted off and he makes way for Esri Konza. I mean, in terms of when we're going for a winner, the fact that we have to bring on a, a more defensive minded player yeah. sort of showed just how, uh, how narrow our options seem to be at, at the moment on the bench. Yeah, I, um, I was disappointed when Carlin came off. Um, uh, you know, I don't think he was Lionel Messi on that side, but I thought he he had played pretty well. He'd made some good attacking runs. I think his decision-making at the end was sometimes off, but he's still a very young player and he is still learning. Um, but yeah, I was disappointed to see him go off. And you're right, the, the fact that we have to bring Konza on shows our lack of depth at the moment. I think if you've got Marshall and Reeves on the bench that immediately looks completely different um, and I think they'll they'll make a big difference when they come back in but yeah it was a it was a strange substitution for me I think of all the options and on the one hand credit to Carl for actually trying to change things up because I was critical of him after Gillingham last week that he didn't do that but I'm not sure that it was the right change for me and, and as we saw it didn't 
didn't make a huge amount of difference. Mm, header just wired from uh, Patrick Bauer after a forced Kaski free kick. Then we saw a, hard, saw a chance. We nearly got, got a lucky one there when Clark's long-range efforts were looped mm. up over the keeper and he reacted well. Then he went down injured, and that's when you, your heart was in your mouth because uh, on 75, yeah. he, he, did, he did come back on for a little while. But, I mean, in terms of how important a player Billy Clark's been for us in this opening sort of stages of the season, I and mean, that's one player that... And yeah, with, with Reeves still a few weeks away from fitness, that's one player we really can't afford to, to lose at the moment. Definitely not, no. And especially with someone like Ricky missing yesterday as well. I, there was one time in particular that I think the whole crowd will remember when he, he tracked back basically the length of the pitch and put a great tackle in to win the ball back. Almost got a stand innovation. Um, and, you know, Ricky is, is another of those attacking players that does try and get back and make those sort of tackles. But yeah, he's been... Uh, we've said it a number of times, he has been so impressive since he came in. I know people were a little bit unsure about what he was going to offer us um, when we signed him and I think there was a lot of expectation that as soon as Reeves would fit, he would come in and start in place of Clark. But I think Clark's made that place his own at the moment. He he really dictates the play and everything seems to go through him. So when he went down, I was a bit concerned as well, obviously, as you say, came back on. But um yeah, it was it was a worry at that time. Nathan on the uh, Carlin Ahern Grant question says, Cag does not have the experience to punish teams. As when he got on the ball, he looked as if he did not know what to do. So let us know what you made of Carlin Ahern Grant's performance yesterday's uh, chance in the first team again uh, at Charlton Live Studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Uh, then we had our big chance on, on 77 minutes. Now, Jada Silver's cross has found uh, Forster Kasky now, as we know. This season and, and the end of last season, Forster Kasky seems to be arriving in the penalty area on a much more often basis now. Uh, he's got a few goals already this campaign, and uh, he came so close, you know, 13 minutes from time from heading what, what we assume would have proved to be a winner. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I was pleased because we spoke on Thursday about the whole Kashi Forster Kasky combination and how we don't really seem to have mentioned them that much in the last few games and. It was nice to see him play a bit more of a integral part in the performance and, and as you say, get forward more and try and get on the end of crosses and on the <coughs> excuse me, on the end of passes to, to try and get some goals. And as you say, that was his big chance and it went wide and it was disappointing, but you know, we still as a this was a sign that we that we were growing into the game and starting to impose ourselves on Barry. As I say, I think throughout that second half we slowly did that more and more and more. We just couldn't find the back of the net. Now, um, 10 minutes from time, uh, Clark did make one. I do understand he has taken an injury there. I'm not sure of the severity okay. of it. So uh, hopefully it won't be too serious. He did play on for a couple of minutes, so we're hoping. But we'll have to find out, I guess, in, in the coming days. Now, he made way for Joe Dodu. So obviously that's 10 minutes from time and he's an extra striker. I mean, do you expect him to come on earlier than that if we're chasing chasing a win? Because, you know, it's, it's a game we're expected to win, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I do. Um, I think if we go back to... Before the game, when I saw the lineup, I think I talked on Thursday about wanting more changes, and I was disappointed that uh, Carl hadn't taken the opportunity to make a few more. Um, and then in the game, uh, you know, I'm it's easy sitting here without the pressure of being the manager. But for me, when you're one all against a team who's bottom second, bottom in the league, I would be thinking I'm going to risk it and I'm going to go for the win. And if it doesn't pay off, I'll you know hold my head up and I'll, and I'll tell people that that's what I tried to do. Um, as I say, I haven't got the pressure of actually running the team, so whether Carl, you know, decided not to do that, I'm not sure. But yeah, bringing Carlin off first was was a strange one, and then you know, if you was going to bring him off, you bring Dodu on. Then, in my opinion, because then you've still got that attacking threat. But Konza came on instead, and you know, no discredit to Konza. I thought he, he played okay and did probably did what he was was asked to do. But then Dodu comes on, and as you say, has to replace Clark, and it's 
not like for like specifically, but it's one attacking player for another attacking player. You know, if you can sacrifice one of uh, JFC or or Kashi and, and put him on, then try and stretch them a bit more and just go for it. But I was disappointed that we didn't really do that. You see Konza's booking about five minutes from the end. From where, I don't know, you were in the North Stand. From where I was sitting in the covered end, uh, it looked like he just got the ball caught between his feet and then fell over. He got booked for diving. Did you have a view on that? Or did he dive quite clearly from where you were and I'm wrong? <laughs> because he's our own player, I don't want to suggest that. And also because I'm not 100%, I have to say it didn't look, it didn't look like he got clipped. Um, whether the ball got tangled in his legs or not, I'd, I'd have to see it again. I don't remember seeing it on the highlights, which I'll just rewatch. But it, it didn't look like he got clipped. He, when he got the book in, seemed to get up and wander off very quickly. So, you know, I, I think the ball was getting away from him. And so it wasn't a case of, you know, when some people say, well, why didn't he just carry on and go into the box? I think he'd lock, the ball was going by that point. But it was difficult to tell. I think. There's easily suspicion of a dive there, but I wouldn't want to say that he did because I, I couldn't quite tell and I have only seen it that once. We have one final chance in the three minutes of injury time when the cross came for McGuinness and you know a fairly routine save at his near post for, for the goalkeeper. And that was it. Now that there's booing at full time. Were you su- surprised by that? But after the performance, did you think the, the, the you, know, what did you, you know, how did you rate the performance overall? Did you think it deserved the booing from, from the home fans at the end? Because obviously a, a fair few people... Uh, joined in there I, I would say no but then I, I would very very rarely if ever boo the team um, I understand why people have done it. I mean, it firstly obviously with the current ownership which as we've come back to is still the same um, I can see you know fans are, are quick to turn on on the club as a whole so I understand from that point of view we've lost three in a row no and if we're looking I am a glass half full type fan but when you look at it we've okay we lost to Wigan but we've then lost to two teams who are in the bottom three or four that's uh, sorry lost one drawn one um that's that's not good enough so I I understand from that point of view why people were disappointed thinking about it I the performance yesterday was okay but it it wasn't the sort of performance that a team who's going to finish in the top six would would uh, would perform you know, if you put Peterborough or Wigan or even Shrewsbury up against those teams, I think they brush them aside, and I think that's just shows the gap between us and the the real really top sides at the moment. And yeah, confidence is is low. You know, it's only been ten days since we were coming into it, and we were on football focus, weren't we? As this team that are starting to turn things around, and everything has dropped off. It's 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 certainly a concern. Uh, as I say, personally, I wouldn't boo the team, I, I, and I don't think the performance warranted that. But I completely appreciate why people are feeling like that because the early season optimism is slowly slipping away. I put the question to Carl at full time on the BBC London interview. Um, I was saying just just a fairly basic one. I say if the fan the fans will look at the last two games against Julian who were bottom and and Barry who are starting down the bottom. And, uh, and and you know only one point from those from those possible six, uh, and he, he sort of said you know Barry in a false position you can't you know and then he, he said also we beat Rotherham two 0 a few weeks ago and they're up there but obviously we're talking about the time we're in now at the moment and so so people are going to look at those results and look at those teams and even though it's earlier in the season and Barry have got a lot of quality throughout the um you know in in their team do, do you think just in a very basic way, do you think you're looking at two teams down the bottom? If you're a team that's going to challenge for promotion, you ought to be getting results against them, really, shouldn't you? Yeah, I don't think you can be making excuses like that myself. Um, as I say, we, we went into the game as fans and as, if you want to call us pundits or whatever, um, going into that game, we were predicting wins for, for both of them and, and we didn't get them. 
Uh, yeah, Beckford is, is a good player at this level. Smith caused us a lot of trouble. I thought they had some good technical players in midfield, but the reality is that they are second bottom or whatever they were. They're surely low on confidence, and we're a team that has aspirations of doing very well this year with a lot of talent and a lot of quick players. And the the truth is we didn't perform anywhere near good enough compared to, to what we are at our best, and that's why we drew the game. Um, I, I, obviously, Carl may be protecting his players a little bit, but that's the reality. As I say, even... The loss to Wigan hurt. I, I understand more, you know, we, they're probably, I don't know about going to win the league, but probably going to go up. Um, so you kind of look at that one and go, right, fair enough, that's a marker, that shows where we are this season. But the other two, for me, is no excuse. When we were at the start of the season and we were playing the likes of uh, Oldham, for example, I said, well, we have to go and win that one. And, and we did just about. And, and I was the same with these two and we haven't done it. Mm. A couple of tweets coming. So Jimmy C's just said the only booing I heard at the end of the match was for the ref as he left the pitch. But I said I'm certain I heard some of the full time whistle. I don't know about you, Tom, but uh, Bob Bob says the same. I think the booing at the end was directed at the ref rather than our players. But then Mike uh, Tyson says not enough booing at full time for me. They deserve to get the board for me. No- the bird, nothing uh, to uh, applaud. And Marion said I read that there was a, a, a lack of applause at full time. It was really flat at the final whistle as well. Mm. It's like no one really. Uh, a lot of people didn't seem to know how to react, which was uh, was uh, so. If but if it was only at the referee, then I've been put right there. But like I said, I'm, I'm sure I heard some booing at the end. But anyway, like we caught up with uh, Carl Robinson as well after the game. He came in to speak to uh, Terry uh, to let us know what he thought about yesterday's performance. Joined by Carl Robinson in the studio after uh, what must be the overriding uh, emotion is, is frustration after that one all draw. When the whistle went, you could hear the pin drop in the whole stadium. Very surreal. Um, we know we did enough to win the game. Um, we did create the best chances. Um, first half, thought we started off very poor. We looked off it. We looked too deep. We looked very negative. We went backwards and sideways. Um, and then all of a sudden, the game grew. We grew into the game, and we didn't want half time to come. I thought some of the refereeing decisions were appalling today. Appalling. Um, some of the things he let go, and then some of the things he didn't let go. And all of a sudden, Ez gets clipped. He goes down softly. Yeah. Um, but then for something so cynical, you can A break somebody's leg, but then you can fall over and get the same amount of... Well, they didn't even get a punishment for some of their tackles. So it, it was frustrating, but I think that we played well. Um, the disappointing thing for me is when we're playing well and it's not dropping for us, we're not making a big enough impact in the last 15 minutes. Um... I don't think maybe some of the subs are coming on and maybe having the same impact as what we would expect them to have. So when it's not going well for the start and 11, you're just having them days where it just drops, doesn't drop for you or whatever. Young Tariq's working his socks off. He's a young man who shouldn't be playing this much football in on his career. He's running on empty in some ways. You can see that from what we've seen at the beginning of the season. Um, for us to go into the game today with no Mark Marshall, no Ben Reeves and no Ricky Holmes, I was worried last night. I really was. I even said to Jackal before the game, a bit... These players have scored goals, got player of the year for their teams and been the best player in most teams for the last two seasons. And we'll probably be on the team sheet first name every single week and everybody else's. And we've still got them to come back. Um, Reeves is back in training Monday, Mark Marshall's back in training Monday. Um, That doesn't mean they're back fit, but they can start training with us. Ricky's now back for Tuesday. So we're, we're going to get better. And, and in some ways, the talisman and playing the way we did today and creating so many chances, people are saying, well, they were in the bottom four. You should be beating them. But when they were the likes of Beckford who can do what he did, that's just 
we've been we've drawn today through not taking chances and a wonder strike to go ahead, to, to take them in front. But one thing I was happy with with the players was the response from that goal. I thought we deserved to be criticised um, in the first fifteen minutes. It didn't look like the team that we're used to watching. But then as the game grew on, we become more effective and more on the front foot. I guess you're going to have to get used to teams uh, coming here, as uh, as a few teams have tried now. Um, but today you've got a Berry side, and I, I guess you've got to give some crump, some credit for that first half hour where they were in, us, in our faces and, and not giving us a second. <laughs> but you've got to understand that teams can't do that for 90 minutes. Exactly. So what you have to do, you have to take your medicine and go, OK, we don't concede in this period. And, 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 and they will run out of steam. People run out of steam. It's almost like a boxer who, who who goes for the for the knockout early on. They leave themselves vulnerable later on. Then the clever boxers get that. They 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 protect themselves and they don't get hit from clean shots. And we've got to find a way of yeah, come on, we'll, we'll ride this and then we'll have a right going towards the back end of the game. But my players look fitter Start towards the end, and that was the most important thing. Remaining exigate stewards, you may now stand down. That's all. The remaining exigate stewards, you may now stand down. Thank you. So I guess now uh, it's turning that frustration. Um, uh, yeah. three, three games. Uh, it's now not, it's not a disappointment, is it? It's not like we've we've been here and we've been outplayed there and we've been poor. It's frustration that we've not won again. We've only probably this year been deserved to lose to to Wigan and every other game we, we shouldn't have a blemish on our card. But that doesn't that's not how football works. It's not. Where that's a good scout for them nicking a the point here. But for me, it's not. We should have won, and that's as clear as it should be. Listen, their players were honest. They worked hard. They were disciplined. But we still created enough chances to win again. And uh, their goalkeeper is probably their man in the match. Another midweek game coming up. Mm. Um, Ricky Holmes is back, as you say. Um, thinking about making changes before that because of uh, the, the the load on the players. You're, you talked about Tariq running on empty at times. Yeah. Um, but who do we swap Tariq for? Because we've got young Carl and, who, who and Billy and, and people like that. We just don't have the strength and depth right now to cope with, with, with that. But I've not come out and moaned to you. It's not something that I'm, I'm going to use. We have to be positive in what we're doing. We have to keep moving forward with, with these young players. and um, Keep believing in them, keep trusting in them. I thought Carlon did okay today. Um, he just moments of magic and then moments of things that you think, come on, Carlon, they're the simple things in the game we need to get right. But he's learning his trade. He certainly is. And young guys coming on, he's learning his trade. Tariq's a young player, learning his game as well. Jada Silva's a young player. Joe coming on late to a young player. These are young players learning the trade. And uh, we have to help them. We have to guide them through. Um, like I say, we're disappointed with the draw. But the performance deserved more than that again. So you go to the referee at the end, uh, and I'm sure uh-huh. it was about the uh, not just about the fouls, but the fact that, uh, that only three minutes at the end. Well, yeah, well, for you. something so simple. I can't go this. We'd, we'd, we'd have a show about his decisions today, um, but he put three minutes up. He said that was for um, the bookings, and that was it, and the substitutions. He didn't put a minute on for any time wasted, and then. They get a goal kick. We counted one minute and 15 seconds before Murphy put the ball back into play. And he blew right on three minutes. That's ludicrous. Do you get any uh, feedback on that? Do you get uh, any justification of any of that sort of stuff from the refs? Or you've got to take it on the chin and move on? Dean's a good guy. He's, he's, he's a good guy and I'm sure he'll be honest with me. Um, but Cash's tackle was the least harmful tackle in the first half and he got booked for it. And there was clear tackles today when we're beyond them and, and they're bringing us down clearly and there was no booking. The tackle in front of me was, was horrific. But listen, we, we, we've drawn, we've not lost, but I don't like drawing. Drawing, I hate drawing as well because we drew too many games last year. I'd rather go for it. That's why we've, yeah, I couldn't put any more strikers on. We didn't have any behind me, maybe young Rico, but who'd you bring off? Josh is a goal-scoring threat. You've got... Um, 
you've got Tariq, who you know is playing well. You've you've got players on a pitch who can score. Um, but for me personally, I'm happy at the performance. Frustrated with the result. Frustrated with some of the decisions. Um, but pleased with the with the energy that the players showed and and the, and the appetite. With like I said, with some of the players who you were classes top players level still not being fit. And if we can hang around where we are, get these players back fit, we'll be a much better team. Well, thanks for coming in. Appreciate Cheers, mate. Thank you. And, uh, thank you. Good luck with Tuesday. Thanks, man. Thank you. Holmes to force Kasky. Holmes, Clark, lovely play. Clark brings the ball forward. He's got Holmes inside who he uses. Holmes, Holmes, Holmes. Holmes! Yes! What a goal! John Ricky Holmes on his left foot, brought the ball forward, continue with it, and fires in the back of the net. Charlton have their second, Holmes against his former side. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. We just heard there from the Charlton manager, Carl Robinson, speaking in the studio here at the Valley to Terry Smith after yesterday's one-all draw with Berry. Uh, Mike Tyson says, Robinson says, I'm not going to moan, then moans. Always excuses, talks rubbish, whinging about how much time added on. We were poor. Um, I mean, what, what did you make of the manager's reaction? Uh, I see what people are saying. Um, it's something I worried about before he came was the way he reacts to defeats and the things he says. Um, I think we we probably were the better team overall and I think we did create the better chances, but the reality is we didn't score them. Uh, I don't think, you know, when you've got four or five minutes or whatever to be spending that amount of time talking about a stoppage in play or time wasting or the referee, you know, it's a 90-minute game and for that time we only managed to score one goal so there are games where you come in and and that's a valid reason for for why we haven't got a result but yesterday wasn't one of them and I just don't think we were particularly good enough so yeah I was a bit disappointed to hear him say those things but maybe as I say and I think I mentioned earlier he might just be defending his players and yeah because if if at the end of the match he came I mean someone asked me yesterday how I felt after the game I was like Mm. Not too sure about that. I'm not happy. But if the manager comes out and says, "Oh, we were rubbish again," blah 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 blah. When we have, when we have had a couple of chances, I mean, it's not going to look good on his squad. I mean, it certainly winds up. The, it certainly can wind up the fans sometimes. Others will look at it, you know, differently and say, "Well, they, what else is he going to say?" But you can see, you can see why they'll come out and, and talk like that. I guess. Yeah, I think if I think it's fine to come out and say, "Look, we we played well in patches. We did create chances, but we we weren't at our best." I think that would be fine. Um, maybe don't expand on that too much. I just think, you know, then go into other other areas of the team rather than talking about, you know, talk about Carlin's good performance apart from, you know, the, those one or two bits at the end. Talk about the the positives in the game. Um, but I think to, to focus on those bits in particular seems, for me, uh, is a bit, a bit unnecessary. But as I say, I understand perhaps the rationale behind it in protecting his players and I stand by that because I think that that is important but I just I'm not sure that some of the things he says I, I would question now he mentioned it in Terry's interview there reasonably briefly he mentioned it in the BBC London interview quite a lot actually about how obviously we know we're missing Ricky 
Uh, Ricky's probably our best player. Uh, we're also missing Mark Marshall, who's an excellent player at this level, if, we, if you saw him playing for Bradford last year. And we're missing Ben Reeves, who we know is a very good player at this level as well. Uh, and he's saying, you know, when when those players come back, obviously we've got Ricky back now anyway, but when those two extra players come back into the squad, we, we are going to be a force to, rec- to be reckoned with, you expect. But obviously, I mean, we're, ex- we're probably expecting at least another three weeks, two or three weeks for those two players. So in between now and then, I mean, we have to see a, we have to see something slightly different. We have to return to that form we showed at the start of the season. That's why, you know, whereas it is something we know that's coming back, we have to do something about it before then, because that's another nine, 12 points, whatever, up for grabs in that time. Yeah, and not only that, but although those players are talented, they haven't all played together. So it, there's nothing to say that they're going to come in and we start, you know, going to blow teams away three or four nil every single game from then on. They're going to take a betting in period. You know, Reeves played, excuse me, no preseason at all. Mark Marshall played what a game and a bit before that injury at Stevenage. So they've got a lot of coming back to do. Uh, I agree with you, Ricky. Probably is our best player, but I think. I think we had more than enough there yesterday to beat a Berry team, and I think if it was, as a, as I say, if it was someone like Wigan or Peterborough, uh, the early pace setters uh, at this stage, you'd be looking at that and you'd be saying, right, it doesn't matter that we're missing a couple of players, we've still got enough here to go and win it. So it is going to make a difference for sure. Um, I think certainly the the impact off the bench that players like that can make is is going to be huge. But one, we've got three or four games between now and then that we need to get points from and two there's nothing to guarantee that that those players are going to hit the ground running and three I think even with the backups Carlin he did a lot of good stuff yesterday okay his final delivery maybe let him down or as one of the people who tweeted in said he maybe wasn't quite sure what to do with the final ball but we've got enough in that team to have got a result yesterday and we didn't get it and for me that's down to the manner of the performance right we've had plenty of your views coming in already and uh, keep them coming in you can tweet us at Charlton Live you can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk uh, you can head over to the Charlton Life forum there's a thread on there for tonight's show uh, don't forget later on in the show we're going to talk about the card statement from Friday uh, our player in focus this evening is Tariq Fosu so if you want to have your say on his performances so far this season you can of course uh, contact us on the, uh, the, the details I've just given you hopefully we're going to hear from uh, Chloe Brunton Wild from the women's team later if uh, like I say she was shopping at Bluewater after the game well they all went out for dinner to celebrate yet another win six out of six for the women's team uh, so hopefully she'll going to be somewhere where her mobile phone signal is a bit better when I call her uh, later but anyway let's get on to that correspondence plenty of tweets are coming uh, throughout the afternoon and throughout the show the first one is from F James he says um, uh, if you read this please ask that all us Charlton fans stay positive I myself have seen it all before we have a squad that will get promoted I've been a Charlton fan since the late 60s. Many lows, but brilliant highs. The good times are coming back. So that's from Ev James. Uh, uh, Danny said that... Uh, oh, that's from Fossil, so we'll come on to that in, in, in a little while. Uh, da, da, da. Right, I'm just scrolling through. Right, this is uh, from Anthony Penton. He says, I don't want to talk about it anymore, talking about yesterday's uh, performance. Uh, but then he goes on to talk about it quite substantively, which is good. Uh, when, uh, when we play teams like Shrewsbury, Peterborough and Bradford, we will get thumped. We are making poor teams look like the Harlem Globetrotters at the moment. Uh, Wigan and, and Peterborough wouldn't have struggled uh, to get a draw at home. They would have won that by four goals to nil. We were losing it the next two at Walsall and Fleetwood. And this time next week, we'll be seeing two more defeats. Then Robinson's out. So Anthony Penton certainly not got the glass half four at the moment. I mean, you can see while you know, we, we've, we've had bad runs over the last couple of seasons. They have to start somewhere. And you can see why people now, after three, three games without a win, are going to start getting slightly worried. Because I mean, we even saw it last year, you know, yeah, you get, once you get stuck into runs, it's very hard to get out of it, isn't it? Even even if you do have some decent players in your team. It is, yeah. And I think uh, 
that unless we lose another eight or nine or something ridiculous in a row, I don't see any reason for Carl Robinson to be sacked. But even yesterday when they went ahead, I was looking over and thinking, oh, is, surely there's not a man over in Belgium at the moment thinking of pulling the trigger. Um, <laughs> I do worry about the run. Uh, and we've said twice now that we need to arrest this slump quickly and, and turn things back around. Um, we didn't manage to do it at Gillingham and we didn't manage to do it here at Berry, uh, against Berry. And they were two of the best opportunities we were going to have, given the positions that those teams are in. But, you know, we've got another chance again on Tuesday. Um, and, and he's right. We need to put it right sooner rather than later. He kind of echoed what I said about, you know, the likes of Wigan and Peterborough not not drawing those games, you know, putting those sides away. But if we concentrate on ourselves and we concentrate on Tuesday, that's where we've got to look now and forget it. You know, we've we've drawn that game and we've got to put it behind us and we've got to go ahead and we've got to get a result at Warsaw now, which is not going to be easy. Mm. Uh, tweeting from Reese uh, on his iPhone notes, he says, uh, poor first 20 minutes really didn't look up for it at all. Uh, we got better as the game went on. If you compare the saves Amos had to make with Berry's keeper, you could say that we deserve to win. Uh, but I wouldn't say we were in control for the first hour, which simply isn't good enough uh, at home to a team that is on poor form. The lineup desperately needs a freshen up and will look a lot better when Reeves and Marshall finally return. But at the moment, Robinson can't freshen it up with such a poor squad depth. Players like Kag and Dodu just aren't good enough. I mean, we know about the, the squad depth. I mean, something that's been hammering home every season now for for years, it, it seems like. Mm. Uh, and that is sort of the, the hallmark of a Roland Duchatelet's Charlton is that the squad depth is always questionable. Now, of course, we know we've had a couple of injuries, but just with those couple of injuries and that one suspension to Ricky Holmes, we're down to the bare bones again now. And we're looking at our backup striker in Dodo, who, who Reese feels isn't good enough there. He certainly hasn't... You know, he scored against Oldham, which was ever since he's come. He hasn't really done much to change the game since then. So you are looking at that bench and, you, and, and Carl's looking at himself and looking at behind him going, where's the goals going to come from? Yeah, yeah. I, I think there's a lot of that, that tweet that I agree with. Um, whilst the squad is very thin and, and it's probably, especially with the injuries at the moment, not enough. Um, I do think uh, that the starting 11 needed freshening up. The likes of Aribo and Konza, I'd have no problem with them coming into the starting 11. Um, for for other players, uh, I think you know maybe there is a I don't know if you're rating one player as nine out of ten. These two are maybe eight or. Hold up! What was that? Boring, no flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Or seven and a half, so there might be a slight drop in quality, but... I think that they've still got plenty to offer and, and as I say, freshening up the, the side is, is no bad thing. Dodu, for me, hasn't really had, hasn't had maybe enough time. I agree he hasn't impacted when, he, when he's come on in huge amounts, but I think he needs a longer stint. 
Um, but when I was looking over yesterday and I tweeted it out, you know, the end of a game, I've talked about it a couple of times already. I don't know if Jacko was on the bench yesterday, but throw him on if he is, because, you know, okay, maybe he hasn't got the legs that he used to, but when we had a couple of corners in that last, what was it, last five minutes of the game, you can guarantee that he's going to be sniffing around the penalty spot looking to get his head on the ball. So, uh, you know, we don't want to have to resort back to him because... We've said a few times, God knows what happens when he retires, but he can still offer us something. There's a reason he's still named in games on the bench because he can do that. And and I was surprised that he he didn't get a chance as well towards the end. But um, yeah, it's the way it goes. Unfortunately, we seem to be, I don't know if we seem to be getting more injuries than than other clubs or whether it just stands out more because of the lack of squad depth, which I think is probably more likely. But either way, this is the squad we've got now and people like Dodu, like Ahern Grant have got to step up and show that they're worth their place in the squad. Uh, Rebecca tweeted in earlier that she was looking forward to hearing the chat on live analysis, which is nice because at least someone does. Uh, she <laughs> says, but me, I'm grateful for, for Holmes that Holmes is on such a short suspension and not out injured for six weeks, a.k.a. what is plan B, Carl? Because, I mean, obviously we're, we're missing our best player there. Ricky Holmes you know, up there with the best player in the division easily. You know, goals, assists, everything. He's he's the is the best player in our team. Yeah. Um, but as soon, I mean, we were. We certainly felt like we were missing him yesterday when we were. We were at times, particularly in that first half, struggling to create any chances. Yeah, yeah. And I think the way, if you look at what he does compared to what Fosu and Ahern Grant were doing yesterday, a lot of it is quite similar in that they were getting the ball 35, 40, 45 yards away from goal, turning and running direct at the back four, which those two were doing. In fairness to them. Um, the difference is that his end product is almost always spot on, whether that's a shot from 25 yards or whatever that goes straight in the top corner, or whether that's you know quick passing and quick movement or firing a crossing. He not only tends to make the right decision, but he also tends to do it very well. So that's where those two need to improve. But as Carl referenced in his interview there, Tariq Fosu would never have expected to play this much football at this stage. He is still very young. Ahern Grant, as I say, I was surprised at how young he still is. So you can't expect them to do that straight away. The unfortunate thing is that we have to at the moment simply because of the the lack of squad depth. So, but uh, and the other thing, obviously, that Plan B, it's something that I've mentioned as well. It's something that we, at the moment, I don't really know what it is, and we need to find one soon, really. Hmm. Uh, right, hundred percent. Charlton says we're still seventh. I wouldn't say it's panic stations yet. The only thing that worries me is the squad size. Plus, we cannot seem to keep a clean sheet at the moment. That's a fair point. I mean, we mm. are still shipping goals. I mean, you know, we talk, we talk about we're, we're, you know, we're up until last week we're on the same goals conceded as Dillingham, who are bottom of the table now. I mean, that, whereas yesterday, you know, Pierce and uh, Bauer looked fine to me yesterday, um, but we, we we do still seem to ship a goal every game, which is which isn't ideal, really, is it? Yeah, no. I thought on the whole they were they were fine yesterday. I think you can't really do anything about that that Beckford shot. It was a a really good finish. Um, Again, this is something I mentioned on Thursday about freshening up. You know, Naby Sarr this season has has done a lot of good stuff in in the um, if you like our second string in in the other in the other tournaments or you know like the Kent Senior Cup obviously recently, but also the Checker Trade and the League Cup and played a bit in pre season as well. So we've got an option there. You know, Konza can slot in at centre back as well. So it's not like we haven't got anybody else that we could bring in. Um, and again, that's why when I've seen the the eleven announced yesterday, I was a bit disappointed that it was other than Holmes, which is obviously a force change, was pretty much the same again because 
I think particularly after two poor results, you want to see your manager change things up and show that he's got fresh ideas. And I just worry whether, aside from the 4-2-3-1 that Carl is so determined to play, what other ideas and what other management styles he's got. And we need to see some of those, I think, because it's it looks like teams are starting to figure us out. 100% Charlton adds, uh, what has Arebo done to Robinson? Doesn't seem to be getting any first team action at the moment, which is a fair point. I thought we picked that up during the week, actually. He, has, he hasn't yeah, really he played much at all this. So I think maybe mainly in the Cups, if he, I can't remember if he's even come on in the league yet. Um, and, you know, obviously, Forster, Kasky and Kashi have generally, generally been okay. You know, they've been fine, uh, which would perhaps suggest why he hasn't been. But maybe if he needed to freshen things up a bit, that's that's one idea. Uh, he adds again, uh, Robinson was not backed in the window. That's uh, that's clear. So how can fans blame him? If you want to blame anyone, you have to blame uh, Roland and Katrine. Uh, for Konza done okay when he came on today but still not convinced by Dodu uh, one point today better than a loss but next two will be hard uh, games uh, then we had a, uh, a string of tweets from Lewis who says uh, the way I see it we still have Reeves and Marshall to come back two big players plus we are having chances remember that uh, last year under Slade then 1-0 defeats to Berry and Rochdale at home were awful we had no chances and we played terrible football two wins in a row and we could be back in the top three but of course it could go the other way we're still in the mix and I think we should give it a bit more time before we get the pitchforks out it's almost better that this fad form is coming now and there is still time to change it and also because we're still in and around it so uh, uh, there you go I mean I mean, that's also, I did say is it a blip is it the wheels coming off earlier yeah, that's the question we put out to you uh, Lewis is clearly in the more of it's a blip and we can still come back from it. Yeah, and I think there's a lot in that tweet that I agree with as well. Um, as I say, I'm still in the, the blip camp. We get a, a good result over the next couple of games and things will look very different. Um, and he's right, compared to the results Slade had, um, we, are a, we are a lot better. Uh, we're just, I th- as I say, I think the early season optimism and those first Plymouth aside, the first four or five games of the season, there was a a feeling that everything was was all right and we were we were starting to improve and I think we have improved in areas but these last two two or three results have just brought us down a little bit I think the other thing he's right about is talking about Carl not being backed I think if things do start to go wrong I can see people turning very quickly and turning towards the ownership again um, because as I said at the start of the show, they, they're still the same. And if people are looking for people to blame, I think more often than not, the fans are going to turn to them because a lot of what Carl is doing, whether you agree with some of the things he says or not changing things up, which, as I say, I've got my suspicions about, I think we do agree that he is, at the moment, the right man for the job. So I can see um, if we do get another couple of poor results, I can see the fans turning against the owners quite quickly. Jimmy said, uh, you can show Beckford onto his weaker foot, Bauer, let him shoot with his right, and it was poor defending. Now, I asked, like I say, I asked if the wheels have come off or it's just a blip, and uh, Andrew uh, says, wheels are coming off, KR will be gone by November, just like all the other coaches who start the season under RD and KM. Uh, Freddie says, I think uh, we will get better when Reeves and Marshall are back and we minimise injuries as long as we rotate what we can to freshen things. Last, uh, Michael says, lack of movement, gone a bit stale, miss Ricky, but do not agree the flack that Solly is coming for. Thought he played okay, but we were all mediocre. Uh, AMCFC89 says, was livid with yesterday's result, 
but need to keep myself reminding myself that this season is a marathon and not a sprint. It's still a long way to go. Teddy Boy says it's not a blip. We've been found out too many sideways passes in our own half. Time for the opposition defences and midfield to get organised. Michael says this pussyfooting around is useless. Not using the pockets, just building up possession stats. Done it three games in a row now. Decision making has been poor. London Inigiza says don't blame Robinson. He has said he is happy with his squad. He praises Roland and Katrine. That's what uh, Mike Tyson uh, thinks right we're gonna hop onto the emails don't forget we've still got the uh, player in focus with uh, Tariq Fosu to come up so if you want to have your say on him head over to Twitter and tweet uh, tweet at Charlton Live say what you think of uh, Tariq Fosu so far this season right Chris Davin is the first one in says hi team can uh, people can dress up all they want but that was a truly dreadful performance we were playing bleeding berry and the draw was a fair result I'm sick of people with Robinson coloured sunglasses on who seem to accept dross like I just witnessed. If that performance had been under any of the useless network managers, fans would be up in arms because it's English Robinson fans accept it. Uh, so what was the difference between that rubbish and the rubbish I saw under any of the previous managers? Shrewsbury can whip, rip up this league, so why can't we? Um, I'm off to Fleetwood next Saturday as another Saturday off work. I must be mad as those who think one-trick pony Robertson is doing a decent job. Uh, God knows what they do in training, but the team looked completely knackered nine games in, and his post-match pressure is delusional. Robertson, as usual, spouting the same old nonsense. We have played the bottom five and gained six points from 15. That is not good enough, nowhere near good enough. I mean, our results against the bottom five, I think I think Plymouth are in there and... Uh, obviously, Gillingham are sort of in and around that that we've lost. I mean, it has it, it does give you cause for concern, I guess, the the way you look at that those results against the teams down down below. But then, if you look at it on the other side, well, we beat Rotherham. You know, we um, who else is out there that we've done quite well? And there's other teams out there we've done okay against as well. Yeah, and I think my issue is that, and I said it earlier in the show, we need if you want to be a contender for the title or you want to aim for promotion you need to be brushing those teams aside uh, and we're not able to do that um it's something that we the last few years you know we go back to even the seasons you know when we played Middlesbrough here with all the protests and they were flying high and we've beaten them when we played Cardiff here under Powell and we managed to beat them sometimes we do just step up against the big teams and get a result and then it is those other games that we throw them away um and that's that's the disappointing thing it's frustrating as I say if if in 10 days time we've got two straight wins then things will be very different but as it stands we've come off the back of three games that I fully uh, sorry two games I fully expected us to get six points from and we've only got one and you know that's going to upset fans because ultimately when you go down on a Saturday you look at the table and you see who you're playing and you judge a lot of what you see by that when we talked on Thursday we talked about Berry's record they hadn't won since the opening day I think they'd what won one in pre-season as well they'd just been battered in the cup so there was no reason for us to suspect that they were going to be able to get anything against us considering the opinion we have of this team and they were able to and I think that's why fans are a bit more concerned Excellent stuff right thanks for your email Chris uh, from Freddie Saunders now hi chaps some uh, quick fire points only positive from yesterday is that we stopped a losing rot and we got a draw which could be key to us picking up some winging momentum we still need to freshen things up rotate players we can do that at the back and in midfield in particular we need an alternative formation we can uh, result to and dynamically move to in the event we're on the back foot and something is not working um and that's an interesting point which we'll pick up on now we we should become a real force when we have reeves marshall and clark and holmes available with mcginnis more creation from top players surely equals more goals the squad is so thin though we need to minimize injuries which is why i'm hearing uh of pearson clark being injured is a massive concern someone put up a, a photo a photo of 
uh, what he said was Pierce on crutches just now. I didn't see, okay. I haven't seen that closely enough, so I'm not certain. I know he'd hurt himself a couple of weeks ago in the South End game when he had ice on his knee, but he was okay after that. So hopefully, if that was a photo of him, it was just precautionary. I mean, the photo was really hard to tell if it was actually him anyway. It was really right. far away, so I'm not certain about that. Um, he says, we move on to Warsaw on Tuesday night. Now, he talks about the rotating players. I mean, but we've said this now. Um, where 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 can we rotate? I mean, we can if we need to rotate at the back when we are conceding goals, but at the same time, we're, we're fine with Pearson Bauer, I'm personally, and you know, people have had suggested Solly. I, can't, can't, I don't think I've seen any major issues with Solly personally. No. Uh, and De Silva's been fine as well. Um, I mean, uh, Danny pointed out that, I mean, Mike Tyson pointed out that obviously during the summer, Carl was sort of saying he was happy with his squad, but now he's looking back at his bench and saying, I don't know where I'm going to bring on things. So you can't you can say, I mean, is he happy? Is he not? Is there room for rotation? Uh, I, I think there is, but I, I think some of the quality is lacking. I think central midfield, you've got uh, Aribo and Konza, who I'd be more than happy to throw in. Um, on the wing, you, as I say at the moment, you've got Carlin. Is he the set as good as Holmes or Fosu? Probably not, but he, He's someone you can put in. And as I say, if we go on his performance yesterday, I don't think it was that bad. Um, but aside from that, it is it is the width and up front. Dodu is inexperienced and unproven. And aside from aside from Carlin, you've got nobody else at the moment to replace any of those front three behind McGuinness. So that's the biggest issue because with the whole thing that we've talked about since the start of the show is we were getting towards the final third and then not really getting a grip on the game and getting clear-cut chances. And those are the positions that need to do that. And if Fosu, Clark, Holmes and McGuinness are all having off days, then there's only so many people you can bring on. And at the moment, it's just Dodu and Ahern Grant. And as I say, Ahern Grant I like and I want him to do well, but he hasn't proven it with his goal scoring and, and neither's Dodu. So, yeah, up front is where where the worries are. I think defensive midfield and defence we can change fine. Um but as you say, the defence on the whole, although we conceded a lot of goals, we seem to be happy enough with the personnel. So, Mark Cox says, uh, so it's now three games without a win for a side supposedly aiming for promotion and the excuses are already coming out. When we were hammered at home by Wigan, it was they were one of the best teams in the division, so it's acceptable. When we lost away to Gillingham, it was we were unlucky and we can get back to winning ways against Berry. Now we've failed to win at home against Berry, definitely not one of the best teams in the division. So it's about so it's just one point from nine, which is relegation, not promotion form. Holmes was missing yesterday and it sounded like we were very poor in his absence. We have also scored just the one goal in three matches, and the finishing in those matches was by all accounts woeful, just as it often was last season. Have we become a one player side? Some are saying uh, we should be patient and see where we are when the transfer window opens again. But the last time that happened, we ended up losing our best player at the time, which was Lookman. Uh, everyone we knew we were still at least a decent striker short, and it seems the chickens are already coming home to roost. The next few weeks will tell if this is just a blip or Groundhog Day. Let's keep our fingers crossed it doesn't turn into a car lapse. Uh, so what do you reckon there from uh, from Mark's email? Talking about finishing over the last few weeks. I mean, has that cost us? I mean, we haven't scored apart from yesterday in the last three games have we I think we talked about it after Plymouth and we talked about it after his good run that followed that McGuinness is going to go hot and cold because he's the only man up there it's not we're not playing a 4-4-2 where you've got one striker can have an off day because the other might step up um, I think calling us a one-man team is harsh because I think McGuinness is, does as much as, as Ricky does in terms of winning us games um, and yesterday it was another great header from him but if 
if we're always conceding, which we are at the moment, you're relying on him to score more than one, obviously, to win a game. And with Fosu obviously still young and Holmes missing and Clark not really getting in the shooting positions at the moment, it just isn't going to happen. And, you know, that, that's just basic logic. And I think without... It seemed like three or four games into the season we were saying Forster Kasky was getting in on the goals, Holmes had a couple, McGuinness had a couple, then Fosu got in at Oldham, was it, and got himself a goal. It seemed like we had a lot all around the team and suddenly you go two or three games where we only score one goal and it's a lot more concerning. So these runs are going to happen. You're going to have your ups and downs over the course of a season, but I think it's important that we stop the down as soon as we can. And we we said we would get it at Gillingham and we didn't. We said we would get it at Bury and we didn't. And it's now important that we go to Warsaw and we really do turn it around. Yeah, Reese has just sent me another angle of that photo. It is Jason Pierce okay? So, but like, like we say, hopefully precautionary. You know, he did play ninety minutes yesterday, as did Clark. Who, uh, well, no, Clark came off. Sorry, but um, mm. he did play on after his original injury. So, hopefully, it's not too bad. And uh, I think that is one of the positions we're slightly more stocked. You know, do yeah. you want to have to put Konza Rossar in? Ideally, no, but you know, it's yeah. it's better than it it could be. Yeah, because a hundred percent chance that Kashi needs a rest. Konza in a hundred percent in that position. Uh, so, but what happens if Clark has picked up an injury? Well, I guess we'll find out. Uh, fingers crossed he hasn't. Bob Liscom says, "How uh, says blip question mark guys? How on earth can a judgment be made after just a few games? It's a long old season with many twists and turns. Thoroughly enjoyed the second half, uh, and with a bit more luck, could have scored. Uh, personally, I'm enjoying my visits to the Valley again after last season's toxic atmosphere. However, I would ask Carl to start to to stop saying, oh, we haven't got whoever, we haven't got Marshall, we haven't got Reeves, whatever.' With players back, the squad will be stronger." Uh, it says, "Cheers, PS. Has anyone seen Cashy make a forward pass?" Hmm. Uh, so there you go from Bob. I mean, he said he said he thoroughly. I mean, from my personal point of view, I mean, we were set, we're definitely better after the halftime whistle. And we did have, you know, a couple of chances, but I, I don't know. It, it, it didn't. It certainly didn't feel like the performances we we got used to seeing at the start of the season. You're saying that in that second half, right? This one is from Big Mark Newbury. He says, uh, "Evening, chaps. This is a." Uh, uh, that's what you get when you have a squad thinner than my hair, and that is—I mean—that is—that is, that is, that is bone thin. That is, I mean, basically, that, basically, it doesn't exist. We don't have a yeah, squad. Yeah, that, that's implying that, that we've sold them all. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Mark. <laughs> Says a handful of chances with no one to finish them. Great goal for Berry, but as soon as Beckford got it, we all knew what he was going to do with it. Why Bauer sat back and gave him a yard was beyond me. Swally was beaten again by a nifty winger, but he can hardly uh, had help. He hardly had help in dealing with him. I really wish that Pierce was given the armband and his vocal uh, player. You can see him trying to G up the rest. I guess it's uh, the only thing Solly says on the pitch is uh, head or tails and that's it. So someone else tweeted me actually during the game saying is Solly the quietest captain you've ever seen. But I, I do watch him. He does seem, he definitely shouts at referees and stuff like that. I mean, do, do you think he's quiet on the pitch? I'm sure we've had this debate over the years before, but you know, other people have said it. It's not something I've particularly noticed, but I've not noticed him as a particularly quiet person. I mean, he doesn't, you know, when he comes out of the tunnel, his clap is is not huge. Um, you, you know, we don't hear him in interviews. You don't see that much of him as a presence that perhaps we have other captains. So I guess that persona and just generally in his height and being small, you know, his persona is perhaps not one where you've got this big bruising centre-back screaming at his defenders in, in Jason Pierce. But as I say, it's not something I noticed particularly. He is quick, you know, when there's big challenges or little scuffles breaking up, he's quick to get involved and, and be in the referee's ear. I think he he leads by example in terms of performances, which I know have come in for criticism recently, but on the whole, he, he's a pretty reliable player for us over the last however long he's been here. So I'm quite happy with him as captain. I think having Jason Pearce in there as well is obviously brilliant because he, 
you know, he's not going to keep quiet anyway. Um, but no, I think I think Solly does fine. Mm. Right, Mark continues that Fort Fossu was too slow yesterday. And from all these tricks and turns, he's not working hard enough, often jogging back instead of busting a gut. Wasn't Carlin's best performance, but felt he at least tried to put himself around. Clark was the best player uh, yet again, but we still look disjointed uh, as a team. For the Berrier team, which I, was that Laurent? I think was the, the one with the hair. Uh, yeah, was, was lucky yeah. to stay on the pitch. He flew into some people and only got yeah. It took him forever to get booked. Yeah. Bloody hell! Yeah, a uh, yellow late on, and then made another bad tackle. And the ref just had a word, which was absolutely nuts. Love KR saying he's not going to make excuses, then making excuses. <laughs> uh, can't see anything from the next two games due to lack of players. Still, at least we're not Palace. Yeah, I mean, would you would you rather be bottom of the league in the Premier League? Knowing what's coming? I'd rather be bottom of the league in the Premier League, but I'd yeah. rather not be Palace. Yeah, no. I know, yeah, exactly. Yeah, at least we're not Palace. Unlike Freddie, uh, exactly. Freddie, who is Palace. Yeah, tough time uh, for him. Yeah, once again, we didn't have a plan B. This is from Bob Knight. You don't bring on a centre-back and try and play him as a wide man. Konza uh, will be totally peed off by January and I expect him to go. We should have uh, gone to three centre-backs and pushed the full-backs forward as wing-backs with two up front, playing two holding players in front of the back four at home will cost us this season. Robinson's one-dimensional play against teams who are going to struggle this year shows why he's never got a job at a higher level. We have only played one decent team this season, Wigan, and they outclassed us. In January, we need to bring in more physical players to compete at this level or Robinson will be gone. And finally, in on the emails for now, John Rolfe, Says Rick, uh, says uh, hi guys. The Grim Reaper here. Get used to us not playing with Holmes. He will be gone in the January transfer window. Well, I hope the Grim Reaper is wrong uh, in that case. Right, let's have a quick break here on Charlton Live. Uh, we'll be back in a couple of minutes. Clark goes left to Holmes. Holmes now attacking the left-hand edge of the penalty area. Goes past his man, Ricky Holmes into the box. Chips the ball back across, looking for McGinnis, gets his head! Yes! And there's the opening goal! Charlton with a superb start to the game, a lovely work to On the 19th of September, Charlton fans were treated to a goal fest as their side faced Wimbledon in the Coca-Cola Cup. Deep into the Charlton penalty area. The chance for Holdsworth at the back post, and it's there. And Wimbledon's long throw tactic yields dividends. Right, driving this long downfield, and the Wimbledon offside strap has been sprung. Can go and finish. He can! Charlton have equalised. to Bowyer. Now Bowyer cutting into the right-hand side. Tries to drive. Oh, he's there! Lee Bowyer scores for Charlton. It crept in at the near post. And Lee Bowyer gives Charlton the lead. Swung into the box. Oh, the chance. Oh, Holdsworth! Holdsworth has levelled it up. Oh, playing a one through with Goodman. And oh, at least away from Barmer and the shot comes in and it's a third for Wimbledon and in the space of 90 seconds Wimbledon have turned this tie around a lot of white shirts forward one of them is Lieber Lieber was held surely there Jones getting in there 
Now it will fall for Leeburn possibly. There's a chance. And there's Bowyer off the line, off the bar. And the linesman has flagged on this near side. It's gone in. It's gone in. The linesman on this near side flags. The ball from Lee Bowyer hit the crossbar. It came down. It bounced over the line. Bowyer, deflection, it's there! Bowyer scores, it's a hat-trick! Lee Bowyer gives Charlton the lead. And just as Wimbledon scored two in two minutes, Charlton have done the same. And it's Lee Bowyer again with the hat-trick. Lee's in the defender once again. Grant taking him on. He's cutting himself in Grant. Grant with a shot, it's five! He scored! Kim Grant made it five-three to Charlton. What an absolutely fabulous score, and what a wonderful goal from Kim Grant. Going to the byline, Cunningham gets the ball in, Goodman's in there, Holden's in there, Clark by four! Well, I can't believe it, I mean, how many more goals are there in this game? The final scoreline, Wimbledon four, Charlton Athletic five. Okay, so welcome back to Charlton Live. You would have just heard there uh, our feature, Wish We Were There, that we forgot to play on Thursday night. That was from 1995, I think it was, the 5-4 win over Wimbledon in the uh, League Cup. Uh, Just gives you an idea of the sort of fun we have on a Thursday night. We uh, we like to, to, to go back and look back at... Uh, former games right now. I'm delighted to say, uh, as as we were hoping, that we are now joined on the phone by Chloe Brunton Wild. Chloe, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm not bad, thank you. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Uh, thanks for for joining us, uh, Chloe. Uh, Charlton Athletic Women's Team midfielder uh, joining yeah. us today because uh, six six wins out of six. Now, what a perfect start to the season. Four win, o- four one win over Basildon today. You must have been uh, really yeah. pleased with that result. Yeah, really pleased. I mean, we didn't play as well as probably expected. Um, but we got into it uh, and we got three points, so sitting top at the top. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's been a great start to the season, like I say, 100% record so far in the league. I mean, what would you put that down to? Um, obviously, I wasn't there last season, so I've come into a pretty a pretty new setup. Um, I think signed quite a few strong players. I think the team spirit, we've done a couple of team bonding a little bit here and there, um, but I just think the team spirit in general uh, is really good at the moment. Um, and I think it's showing on the pitch. So, yeah. 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 So t- today's win, uh, the first goal scored by Kit Graham. Now she's a, a player who, who gets mentioned on this show quite a lot because she's she's got a really excellent yeah. goal record uh, for the club. Yeah, it's quality, yeah. And uh, second one by Charlotte Gurr, I think one of the other new signings. Now uh, there was a really important moment sort of early in the second half where. Katie startup the, the Charlton goalkeeper yeah. saved a penalty so second yeah. penalty saving in a couple of weeks really but I mean that that could have been a, a real turning point in that game I guess yeah it could have um, I mean obviously she's quality um, can't follow her one bit um, obviously saving the penalty I think obviously it's great for her as well great for the team boosted our confidence a little bit I think that helped us settle down mm. Yeah. Um, and obviously go on to score a few more. Yeah, yeah, a couple more goals in the game. Katie Flack and Emma Sherwood uh, before yeah. Basildon pulled one back. And then uh, Ruby Southgate, Charlton's uh, Ruby Southgate, was unlucky with a, a penalty miss yeah. as well. But like I say, it's, it's 100% record uh, to start the season. I mean, yeah. ha, ha, what is the aim for the for the Charlton women's team this season under Ritesh? Because, I mean, I mean, are you surprised by exactly how well you have started? Um, yeah, I think it's just 
yeah, I mean, obviously, I had quite high expectations. I spoke to him, like, I was in talks with him before signing, and I'd, I'd spoke to him a few times, and I think his intentions were quite similar to what I kind of wanted to be doing this year. Um, I mean, like I said, his intentions are great. Um, boost the team. He, he, he fills us with confidence. Um, and it's just good, like, like I said, it shows on the pitch, and mm. yeah, it's great. Yeah, because obviously you, you rejoined the club this summer. You had uh, you had been in the in the Charlton Academy when you were younger, up to up to yeah. about four years ago, and then you went on to sign for Arsenal. So, uh, yeah. for you, was it an easy decision to come and to come and join Charlton again? Um, I think when it, I was kind of in talks with the season, he approached me and stuff. I was pretty sold straight away that I wanted to go back because not that I wasn't happy at Arsenal, but I think it, I'd be up in there a while. I was there four years and. I, I sort of knew that Charlton was a club that could offer me top quality um, all over, really. Um, and I think, yeah, as soon as he sort of... I, I spoke to him the first time, I was pretty sold that I wanted to come back. <laughs> and honestly, it's the best decision I've ever I made in a while. So. Yeah, I mean, what, what was your time at Arsenal like? Because obviously you're sort of a member of like the development squad as such, but you get to train with you know, sort of some of yeah. the, the cream of the cream yeah. of, the, uh, of the women's game. Yeah, yeah I mean, like, yeah, it was great, I think. My first sort of two years, um, it was all quite new to me still. Like, it, it, it was quality, I, I, like I said, I couldn't fault it, but I think after sort of being there two years, I wanted to be progressing and I wasn't. Um, I, I guess not down to, to me, but down to what, what they have already. Um, like you're competing with the likes of Jodie Taylor and stuff. So, um, yeah, <laughs> coming back to Sean's good decision for me. Excellent. Yeah, and now uh, on the road uh, next weekend away to Cardiff, and I guess mm-hmm. just another chance to try and keep that that, that excellent run so far going. Yeah, I think uh, we know what we've got to do, um, and I think we're pretty well disciplined, and we will do that. Come away with the win, another three points. Excellent. That's the confidence we like to hear, right? Uh, Chloe, thanks <laughs> for for joining us on the phone this evening, and all no the best for you. the rest of the season. See you later. Thank you very much. Charlton Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. Great to hear there from Chloe Brunton Wild. Uh, we just talk of... about the women more often. Yeah, because they're good and we're rubbish. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're not really rubbish, but there we go. Uh, yeah, great to hear from. Uh, uh, from Chloe there. Uh, London Eagles said he had great memory of that Wimbledon 4 Charlton 5 game, the one you heard on Wish We Were There uh, a few moments ago, just before we heard from Chloe there. So there's a Lee Bowyer hat trick as well, current, uh, of course, uh, assistant manager here at the club, uh, Peter Garland, uh, Fatty Pete, and uh, Kim Grant with the other goals. That was uh, in the League Cup, and that was back in the days when it was a two legged affair. So nice. that we actually uh, we we bought we came back to the valley and drew three all. They were a Premier League team at the, at the time, of course. We were in the in the what's now called the Championship. What a couple of games. Yeah, we drew three all. So we ended up going through. Uh, how good's my math? Eight, seven on aggregate, which was excellent. I remember obviously I was slightly too young to go to the game, but this was I was really getting into Charlton then, and my dad would tell me the scores, and he had a really funny way of doing it. If there's been an unexpected result, and I'd come come down for you know wake up the next morning, come down to the kitchen, dad would be there, and he goes, ah. Oh, I go, how did Charlton get on? He goes, oh, Wimbledon four. And I go, oh, no. He goes, Charlton five. I was like, ah. But I remember we did, it backfired once. When I came down, we played Man United the night before. I go, oh, Dad, how we get on? And he went, you won't believe this. 
So we played, we're away to Man United. You won't believe this. Charlton won. Yeah. Man United four. I was like, oh, come on. That doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, earlier on in the show, uh, I said we were going to mention, uh, if I can get it to, uh, to open here, the uh, email, the uh, statement that was uh, produced by Card uh, during the week. Obviously, now it's been, it's been quite a quiet period in terms of protests on the pitch. I mean, you could argue. The the low crowds were seeing less than much less than ten thousand here yesterday, uh, officially attended. Obviously, be even lower than that in, in real terms. Uh, is a protest in its own form. People either either part of a protest deciding not to come or just not coming because they're not enjoying it. But yeah. it, certainly, the crowd numbers are sort of part of a protest. Uh, but Card have uh, released a statement this week, uh, and it goes as follows. Um, <clears throat> Uh, a spokesperson for Card says we congratulate manager Carl Robinson on the team's overall uh, start to the season on, the, on achieving the longest uh, of the eight separate managerial tenures since Duchatelet bought the club three years and eight months ago. We also look forward to celebrating when Carl reaches a full calendar year in charge. I think that's sarcasm. Uh, while any improvement on the pitch is to be welcomed, Card's concern is to ensure that Charlton fans still have a club to support in five, ten, or even twenty years' time, and we continue to regard Duchatelet as a profound threat to that objective he bought a championship club and it's entirely down to him and his choice for chief executive Katri Mayer that the team is currently in league one for a second season that is more important to most ex- uh, supporters than any short sequence of results good or bad as the club is damaged and diminished reputation resulting from their uh, mismanagement uh, is reflected in the fact that Charlton have lost over has lost 40 percent of their season ticket holders however card does not believe it would be responsible or sensible to organize protests which could potentially impact on the team's chances of winning promotion and we believe that is also the majority view amongst the fans as a whole we are not currently planning therefore uh, any that affect matches we do not wish to acknowledge the supporters uh, sorry we do wish to acknowledge the supporters uh, who continue to wear black and white scarves and protest shirts to games and encourage them to carry on uh, they can be assured that we are making other plans behind the scenes in addition card will continue to liaise and offer support to fans of other clubs in dispute with their ownership especially uh, in cases where Charlton are due to meet such clubs on the pitch now there's a few interesting things that come out there I mean, they're saying now uh, that they don't plan on doing any on-pitch protests because in, in case that would Effects. I mean, over the years, it hasn't really affected the team anyway because I mean, it was when we were getting relegated. But you know, some of our best performances, ironically, yeah. have come after stuff's been chucked on the pitch. But I mean, what do you make of Card's uh, current stance? And I mean, it was, you know, what, yeah, what do you make of it? I think it's it's probably the right thing to do. Um, I think they obviously took a back step at the start of last season um, when Russell came in and gave him a chance. When that started to go wrong, they stepped there. The protests up. Um, they've done the same for Carl this year, which I think it, again is the right thing to do, particularly with the optimism surrounding the club going into this season. Um, look, okay, the last three results haven't been what we wanted, but the truth is that we're still in the hunt for for those places, and I think they're wary of doing anything that could upset that. Which, which again, I appreciate. Um, and uh, fans who come to the Valley obviously want to see what's on the pitch get the best chance of. Of going up, and if we all do believe that there is a chance of that happening, then then obviously we want to get behind that. Um, but they are keen to point out the fact that uh, Roland's still in charge, which is something we've come back to two or three times since the start of this season uh, on the show, and they still regard that as an issue, which again I think I, I would largely agree with. Um, so yeah, I think it's a, a decent statement. It just kind of reminds people they're there and I know that they sometimes come in for criticism when they do nothing um, so it's just a, a little notification to to remind people they are still 
very active and I'm sure they're doing a huge amount behind the scenes in terms of as they say liaising with other clubs and, and looking at longer term strategies and I don't know perhaps planning more things uh, in Belgium or away from the football ground so yeah it's, it's good to know that they're still there because I can't imagine that between now and Roland's reign ending everything's going to be smooth sailing no doubt we're going to hit a bump in the road again and they're going to be there I mean, when they, we do they, they clearly said they, they certainly haven't changed their view on the owner mm. despite I mean what on, on paper at the start of the season was, was a reasonably good start some happy transfer business in the summer although they did leave a couple of questions at the back of people's mind and I think maybe the fact that there, there is going to, still going to be questions at the back of people's mind is what keeps people wondering is do Chatelet in it for the right reasons here is he the man to take us forward Forward and it certainly hasn't changed many minds as well. Still, look at that attendance. I say that's the one that stands out for me. And, and still, the majority of Charlton fans I talk to, even if even if they aren't actively protesting anymore, I think there was a, a, a survey done at the end towards the end of last season. Still, the majority, you know, the vast majority of Charlton fans aren't happy with having Roland Du Chatelet as owner. Yeah, and that that is still the most worrying thing. Um, obviously, from my point of view, seeing better football and getting some wins this season. If I come down here on a Saturday I watch an enjoyable game and I see the team win that experience isn't largely different from if he wasn't here but when you look around at what's missing I mean I just watched the highlights before the show here and their film from the East Stand and the camera panned right down to a throw in on the East Stand touchline and the three front rows are in that shot and they're all completely empty and you think back to those even I know sometimes we had to do it with football for a fiver but the days where we used to fill this place and it was rocking I mean we're so far away from that now and yes, poor results and a relegation count for that. But let's face it, Roland was in charge for those as well. So he takes a portion of that blame. But, you know, we're, performances are picking back up now. And we're perhaps a team on the up. As I say, we've been in the national press recently as, as talking about a team that are starting to improve and have started this season well. And people are still not coming. So I think that tells you everything you need to know. It's interesting. I mean, the, the national press, the, the football focus thing. I mean, I, I didn't see it, but obviously they, they, they try and, you know, because we had started the summer well. They, the, mm. the story, the people from the outside are like, well, the results are picked up now. Mm. It's interesting to see. And, but people, you know, as soon as the wheels have come off ever so slightly in the last few weeks and, you know, it, it can t- change opinion again. Right, it's almost time to look at our player in focus, Tariq Fossey. Just a couple of tweets came in. Andrew Buckland, uh, who's a big supporter of the the women's team, says uh, he was a KE startup, the, the goalkeeper we mentioned. She saved a penalty today, their second penalty save of the season. So she's an extremely strong goalkeeper in all areas, including uh, penalty saves. And then Tim Ruffle says the wheels are wobbly in terms of whether it's a blip or falling off. Failure to get four points from the next two, and then they are off. M- many, including myself, said Judge Robinson after 10 games, which I think is uh, the, the perfectly fair way to look at things. Right, I said uh, this week our player in focus is, of course, Tariq Fossu, uh, after his performance yesterday, where he certainly, he was probably, especially during that first half, he was our player that looked most likely to do something with. He had plenty of runs on the ball, but in the end, no, maybe no, quite, not enough quite end product from, from what we'd hoped, which is exactly a typical winger. Um, so, I mean, what have you made of him so far, Tom? Um, I think I agree with Carl that I don't think he would have expected to play as much football as he has. 21 years old. People don't realise how young he is when he comes from somewhere yeah, else. I have been very impressed with him. Um, I do think his end product needs work. Um, and I said the same about Carlin. Uh, I, yeah, I like the way he plays. I like how direct he is. Um, it'd be great if he could just finish a few more chances. But on the whole, I think he started the season very well. Um, he's you know, as I say, had to play a lot more football than perhaps he expected. But yeah, he's he started well. Hmm. Right. Well, I've uh, I've opened it up 
uh, to the floor to find out what you guys think. Uh, GB Addict says that he's better than Callum Harriet was at 21 years old, and even and even he came good in the end. Uh, it seems Fosu's got everything except a football brain, but that will come with age inexperience. Tom says uh, Tom B says he gets on the ball a lot, which suggests good positioning and eagerness, but runs himself into dead ends too often. His end product is lacking. Uh, skillful and powerful going forward, says uh, Coops. Good quality on the ball. Uh, areas of game to improve on, and he still needs time to develop. Reese says the first two games was great, but has got worse and worse since. Gillingham, he was awful. Hopefully Marshall will be better and start instead, although then Reese does add. But I thought he had an alright game yesterday, which gives me a bit more hope and a bit more faith in him. Teddy Boy says he's a great signing, inconsistent at times, typical of a young winger. He needs to realise how good he can be. Uh, F. James says he's a good, young, ambitious, and willing to learn what more can we ask for. London Enoch user says, I like Fosu a bit in and out, like most wingers, uh, but exciting to watch. I mean, that's always going to be the thing with wingers. Like they are the, For some reason, it seems to be the most hit-and-miss mm. uh, position on the field because I guess you're asking them, in particular wingers and you know central midfielders who are charged with sort of going forward, they're in the position where you have to create something. When you're defending something, you tend to be, you tend to try and be as consistent as possible. When it's cre- trying to create something, you're trying to make something happen, you're trying to make the magic happen. I mean, that's, that's always going to be hit-and-miss because it's not always going to come off if you're going to try something a bit incisive, a bit different, a bit, you know, to try and catch the opposition out. Yeah, and you see it, you know, when the back four or, uh, are not under pressure and I don't know Pierce or Barra has the ball Cashy or Forster Cassie will go and basically take it off their toes and you think well what's the point in that well the reason is that what you're relying on is that they have a, a better football brain and they're looking for those those little gaps and that split second pass that perhaps the defenders just won't see because their game has never really been based around that um, I think yeah wingers are asked for a huge amount particularly in the way that we're set up to play um, and you know, being young, he's not going to be able to do it all the time. But as I say, his ability to turn and and run at players, and not just check back in or go, you know, pass backwards or just hit the byline and got across. He seems to have a lot of different facets to his game, and that's very exciting. And it's great that we've got him on as a permanent signing. But he is going to take time. And I I've said it before, and I said it earlier. I don't think he expected to play as much football as he did. I would think when Mark Marshall comes in that he would tend to start. But if that's the case, then what an exciting player to bring off the bench and someone we need to be careful with and really nurture over the next couple of years and build up because he could be a very very talented player. Fred says he's he's a very good and exciting player overall, reacting well to being forced in uh, due to the Marshall injury. And he's rotating though at this stage in his career. Right, we've only got a couple of minutes left here. On uh, on Charlton Live, so it's almost pretty much time to um, uh, t- to look ahead to the Walsall game. Bert Palmer, though, just quickly on Charlton Live, says uh, by the time Reeves and Marshall are fit, we will have all- we will have other injuries. You know, uh, no doubt you always have injuries and suspension. That's another thing to remember. There's still three weeks away. Who else is going to go off in that time? Is Clark going to be one? Is Pierce going to be one? You know, it's, it's all problems. All good. It's all well and good waiting for your best players to come back, and then it's all about the squad, isn't it? Right. We do need to look ahead to Walsall because we ain't got much time left. Uh, mid-table and very middling form. They won yesterday at Oxford. Uh, but, I mean, just looking at ourselves, it's so important that we get something up there now just, just to arrest any doubts in the back of your mind. Because if, if we lose on Tuesday, then the blip does turn into a bit of a crisis now, doesn't it? Yeah. If we win, it turns into, oh, we're back on it. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's about all you can really say about it. Um, yeah, they obviously, as you say, got their win against Oxford at the weekend, but... Uh, sitting down in mid-table as I say nine or ten games in I think is enough to start judging a side now um, it's huge we've just dropped out of the playoff places but if we get a win and go back in there and show that we've perhaps put this this little slump to bed then 
maybe that becomes more of a respective position you know when when you've won a lot but you know that at some point you're going to have a down run you think right maybe this is a bit of a false position but I think if you you know start well you lose a couple and then you get back on the winning streak again I think that's very representative of what the whole season's going to pan out like so if we can get a win there and be back in playoffs places then that's brilliant because Fleetwood and uh, Peter is it Peterborough coming up in a couple of weeks you know they're tough Mm. games as well so yeah, it's important we get something. Um, I, I think it's the game we can win, but obviously our record away from home isn't, hasn't been as brilliant, although it's picked up uh, a couple of times this season. But um, yeah, tough game, but I think it's one that we can get all three points. Well, fingers crossed. We've run out of time here on Charlton Live. Uh, I was just going to quickly say, I assume the only, the only change I'm expecting is Ricky Holmes back in for CAG. Mm. But uh, again, it, it, unless he wants to rest some players, but we'll see. But we run out of time really to, to discuss that. Uh, Tom Wallin, thank you for joining me this evening on Charlton Live. Cheers, Louis. Thank you. Uh, thank you to all of you who listened to Clary Brunton Wild, who joined us on the phone from the women's team to Carl Robinson, who came in to speak to us yesterday. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed the show. Thanks for all your correspondence, of course. We'll be back, myself, Tom, and Nathan, maybe. I don't know where he is. Uh, on, uh, on Thursday evening to look ahead to next Saturday's game at Fleetwood. Uh, but thanks for tuning in this evening. Let's hope that the addicts can get three points up at Walsall on Tuesday night. We'll see you later. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs>